welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast we analyze the movie Back to the Future, part two, one manure truck minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Menes in the news. And joining us to wrap up our two-week extravaganza of Minute Family All-Stars, Josh Flanagan from Goodfellas Minute. Welcome back. Haven't you heard that other people did this and it was very difficult? And you're in the <laughs> middle, at the end of the second movie. Do you mm-hmm. just like punishment? Um, sometimes. <laughs> are you having, are you, you're having fun with it? I assume you, you kept going. Or was it yeah. once you started the first movie, you know, you've got to go all the way through it, which is the Pete the Retailer rule. Well, yes, but the 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 hardest part uh, came when we told people because people were sad that we were done after the first movie and that we were gonna take a hiatus. And uh, we said to give us be like, tell you what, you guys give us fifty iTunes reviews, we'll come back. And then that that happened in like two weeks, and we're like, oh no. <laughs> so this time we're asking for fifteen hundred dollars cash. That's, <laughs> cash is at least you can hold something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry and congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Honestly, once uh, once we got out of um the only time that the this ever felt like a chore in terms of doing it and not even like, like ne- that recording is never the problem. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and then uh, I I feel like we're I mean, you know, it it it's um was it I think was it, it was it hard doing a movie as because like you know you know when you uh, when you get a book and it's like 125 pages and you're like oh cool I could just you know like the ocean at the end of the lane like I can I can knock this out in like a couple days or a week but then if I'm reading a like a book that's like 500 pages it's it's almost like getting up and going for a run every morning like I I I I, I don't it takes me a long time to get into it and all of your all of your metaphors are really subjective like I was like I really <laughs> like reading long books I do hate running though. Yeah, but like, was was it ever hard doing a movie that was like really long, like Goodfellas? Like, to to know how much more of the hill you had to to climb, you know? I never did another one. (laughs) That's like my only point of reference. I mean, the only other thing was doing a you know a weekly podcast for ten years. So it wasn't so much the thing on Goodfellas Minute is that I I only showed up for the recordings because of what we worked out. Basically, I was like, if we do this, I can't do the the editing and posting part so really that fell on connor and and ron the only thing was like once or twice a week it was you know we and we did you know we probably i guess you guys are probably doing it do you five at a time or more Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so you've got to watch through all those minutes make all your notes do your stuff you know it's a good four or five hours a week or something like that that you got to find a spot for not counting editing uh posting promoting doing all that stuff and it, it never stops and because because of doing iFanboy um which is our comic book podcast if you're listening and don't know that like the option of not doing it was never a thing like it was like well you have to do it we said we'd do right. it and so like that habit was super ingrained but when you turn that to a daily thing and we did daily video shows for a while which was pretty significant yeah. too um but I don't know. Like it, it felt like it took a really long time, and that it was over really fast. That's what it felt like. Good fellas. Mm. That's what it felt like listening to it too. Yeah. Uh, once, once, once you guys got through the, um, got toward like the end of the sixties. Once, once, uh, once he got arrested, <laughs> it, it, it kind of flew by at that point. Um, it was those first like the like childhood stuff and all that. That sort of that did, it didn't drag. It was just like I was getting used to the, listening to the show every day. Yeah. And then by the time you got to the point where where he was arrested, 
and you got to the prison stuff, it just became part of my daily routine, and then it was over. <laughs> so, and then it was over, and then it was over, <laughs> and then somebody else like did life. Jaws, so we didn't have to worry about it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or somebody else started Jaws. Oh, did not. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, well, well, they didn't. They didn't pay him enough. He was very explicit for fifty. You get the head, <laughs> the tail, whole damn thing. They did cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just got, just got the head. Um, <laughs> you just got so that's what you paid for. That's all you get. The rest of the damn thing. Told you. <laughs> so people. today we're going back to minute ninety-five, uh, which starts with uh, Marty really just trying to get the hell out of that tunnel as fast as he can. Just kicking his um, little life. Yeah, and, and and Biff barreling toward him, uh, and ends with uh, Marty being lowered to the ground uh, by the uh, with the flag thing. I don't know what do you call those the 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 flag yeah like the flag rope like the yeah they go to the the car dealership yeah right they like, they, like, they festoon like, the borders of a car dealership that kind of right. or like when they try to make a really big deal that a Chick Fil A is opening in your town yeah yeah. Yeah. So he gets lower to the ground than that. Um, God, I want to know where Doc got that. What, the flag thing? His car yeah. dealership. Yeah, no, we know. He got he got caught in it uh, on the oh, billboard. Right, 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 right. Okay, cool. I, I don't opening. blame you. That was like three weeks ago. Dibs. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's mine. Um, so, a couple of things. So, for, first off, you get the we get the Hail Mary pass of the of the flags popping down at the end of the uh, other end of the... Uh, other end of the tunnel, which I gotta say, for Doc not having any idea what was going on in that tunnel, <laughs> I mean, I just I I don't know I don't know what he was like why he did it that way like I don't know what he was expecting to pick up because as far as he knew Marty was just attached to the car and he was gonna sneak in grab the almanac and I assume just sort of drift away from the car assuming he didn't get caught so i don't know why doc maybe he got like the hurt. idea to do this maybe maybe he'd he done this before and then <laughs> the, like he knows what's happening in the timeline we yeah. just maybe don't he see that it. maybe he just heard the car coming and he was like oh i know what's happening he's probably chasing that little the little canadian bastard out of the tunnel i should drop this <laughs> yeah maybe. i like the idea of him of this being a do-over uh, that, that I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could apply that to the entire movie. Just anytime yeah. something, well, they've done this like six times. It's basically rewrites, but right. in life, right? Yeah, we talked a lot about like that in the in the future when when they first show up in the future, and Doc is like, okay, so this is going to happen. Then this, then this, then this, and we just imagined he had traveled to this period so many times on recon missions, <laughs> uh, timing all of this out exactly right. He's like a lot of homework. Two. He's like Act Two Groundhog Day right now. Yeah, it's yeah, the king of the world. So that's I, just his permanent existence. So I have been in this tunnel. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's in Griffith Park. I've driven through it, and when you're in it, you're like, "Oh, it's that tunnel. It's much shorter." And then conversely, every other time I'm in a tunnel, ever, I think I was in that Back to the Future tunnel. Then there's also a lot <laughs> of other tunnels around Southern California that look just like this tunnel. So for a while, I thought, "Is this the tunnel?" Until I was actually in the actual tunnel. Mm-hmm. When I first when I first moved to Chicago, I was obsessed with finding the 
the bridge tunnel that uh, that the Joker's uh, garbage truck careened down towards in the Dark Knight. Oh yeah, and when I finally found it, I was like, yeah, I was like, this is it. <laughs> That's like when I was in. We went over this on my show, but when I used to live in Astoria in, in New York, everything a, a bunch of the Goodfellas sets were there, but there was the pizza place. Um, oh, that cool. we knew it was in the neighborhood because we could see the train, but we could not figure out where it was. And then, like a month or two before we were finally moving, my wife figured it out, and it was like a little shuttered, like it, well, it wasn't anything. But we 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 sort of were like we found it because also if you look up any of these cult films, you know, you can find the addresses for anything, but they never had oh, that sure. address. But we found it, and it was so satisfying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think there was like a Ferris Bueller tour you could go on that I, I didn't. It seemed like a little mm-hmm. too touristy to me, but. Uh, but I, I did when I when I when I went to the Art Institute of Chicago, I wasn't even thinking about it. And then I saw that Sunday in the Park with George painting and I was like, oh, right. That's where they were. That's dope. <laughs> I did the same thing when I went there and saw that. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> and that is the most relevant bit of culture you got out of the art museum, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. um, Let's just be I honest. Love the Art Institute. There was Maybe. Some, they just had a really good uh, Van Gogh exhibit uh, where they had like a backtrack his, on this. <laughs> I love the artist. I mean, to be fair, he still said Van Gogh and not Van Gogh, so he's not. We're not yeah. that cultured. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think that might be that. Not, I don't think people actually say that unless you're a real weenie. Yeah, unless you're yeah, a real Doctor Who. <laughs> great episode. I don't even like that show. Um, a great episode. There, there's a there's a shot of Biff where his mouth is just open in rage as he's about to murder this kid, <laughs> and. uh it looks like a shot straight out of Sin City. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's awesome. It's, <laughs> I mean, it, well, I mean, it's just, it's a very specific looking shot mm-hmm. that looks like, I mean, it looks like a, it looks like a comic panel. It really does. It really does. And, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, you, you really, you could easily like, you know, do a, get, put a black and white filter over it mm-hmm. and total, total Sin City. But yeah, maybe that, you know, we, we've spoke, we've spoken uh, at length about Bob Gale being a, a pretty prolific comic book writer and uh, you know Bob Zemeckis kind of casting these larger than life actors to play these kind of larger than life cartoonish characters you know mm-hmm. this was before Sin City though yeah so yeah. just doing the math in my head oh yeah I think yeah. oh yeah yeah this is definitely before the Sin comics City. were it, like what the late 80s early 90s the Sin City was 90 and up I think I don't remember off the top of my head. Would those Mid-90s. come out in, uh, Scott, help me out, with, or, or, or both of you, would, would, would those come out in trades or like, or like gra- were they trades or graphic novels when they were first or, Yeah, were they, were they issues or were they graphic novels originally? I'm not sure. They were issues. Uh, they were issues. And then I think they were collected as, they were collected as sort of trade paperbacks. Yeah, like the Yellow Bastard. They would have been early versions of trade paper meaning you couldn't get everything in trade paperback at that that was one of those special things that you could get in trade paperback if that makes sense yeah that was sort of dark horse looking forward to how things would be it wasn't like it wasn't an industry the way that it is now no 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 you could no no not at all like that was a big deal to be able to get a story into trade paperback form Mm -hmm. yeah it looks Um, like it first showed up in uh 1991 in dark horse presents so okay i also first showed up in 1991 so I think, uh, oh God, shut up. <laughs> um, you just totally blew away my thing. Well, I mean, what I was going to say is that, I mean, I think what we can infer here is that Frank Miller just ripped this off. <laughs> Holds yeah. off. 
He was wow. yeah. yeah. He, he was sitting. He was watching Back to the Future Part Two, and he goes, "I know, I know two things in my life. I know brown people are evil, and I'm gonna do a comic. I want to do a comic book series that looks like this frame of Biff." <laughs> You really are there's, young. There's literally, I mean, there's there's that shot of like Josh Josh Brolin in the movie. I forget what character he plays, but Marv. Marv. Yeah, there's a shot of Marv that just it looks exactly like that shot of Biff. It's weird. Well, what I would tell you is, is that you know what the the influences that Frank Miller was pulling from are the same influences that Bob Gill and Rob Bob Zemeckis were pulling from. Is my guess that sort oh, of totally? Oh, that's probably that true, film. Yeah. You know that golden era of sort of. Uh, over the yeah, top, like hyper realistic sort of, yeah, faces, mm-hmm. yeah, that that golden age film language, which is, which is probably where you're seeing that connection. And then uh, Biff gets distracted and slams into good old Doctor Jones manure hauling. So, so this is so cosmically perfect that mm-hmm. I'm, I wanna, I'm my, I wanted to. I almost kind of want to believe that Doc like put it there. Yeah, like you, you, you kind of want to yes and Josh's theory of like, yeah, he, he he not only did he go back and realize he needs to drop that rope right at that moment, but he also set up this manure truck uh, so that they could laugh together. Yeah, because it, it's just such an inside joke. That, <laughs> like it's like the universe isn't that isn't. You know, like it's just in the middle of nowhere. It's not even like why is it pulled over in front of a bridge, in front of a tunnel? <laughs> no. these, these movies are all very much about you know series of of coincidences, history mm-hmm. repeating itself. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's got. Oh wait, all actually, over you him. know what? I, I messed up. It is. It is driving. It is actually. It is in. It's. It's not parked when he runs into it. Like that. Like it's just driving much slower than he is. Yeah, the taillights are still on and everything. I think so. that. Uh, were you to hit the back of a truck like that, uh, the manure would not eject in that fashion because he hits it and then it just comes flying out at him. And I was like, that's not how physics work. Is it that easy for it to just fall out like that? Well, first well, of all, they got no tailgate, so they're true. liable. Yeah, <laughs> so, what the well, hell? <laughs> maybe not in the 50s. In the 50s, anything goes. Sure. Uh, well, no, he he hits the, the, the tailgate and it breaks. Okay. Because it's ah. wooden. It's a wooden tailgate. But that's all they had to build with then. Right, right. If I, know, if I know my history, <laughs> um, engine blocks were largely wooden as well. <laughs> Teeth. Exactly. Um, Toys. Um, now, what I, my question is, now he, uh, Biff, uh, proclaims to hate manure uh-huh. quite emphatically. It's as if it's a <laughs> central tenet of his life. Yeah. Now, there was one other experience with Manor where he ran into it. Right, about 24 hours prior to this in his uh, his life. Or five years to the viewer, either way. Right, right. Now, is that it? Is that, in, that, in that 24 hours, did he really proclaim it? I feel like it would take a third incident to be like, this Manor is out to get me. It, almost, it kind of feels like a teenager-y thing to say. Like, for, for the same thing to happen to him, like, twice in one day, you know? Uh, or, or, or like the span of 48 hours. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is it, the, the conviction in which he says it. It's kind of like it. it's funnier because of how much time has passed in between movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say I will say, I mean, Biff, he, Biff, Biff decided that he hated Calvin Klein after meeting him like half a time. So, <laughs> well, Biff makes choices quickly. 
Yeah. He will, he will, you will serve him. So would you, would you like to try this? And he takes a bite and he goes, I hate this. I hate, <laughs> and it's, I hate. He, he really, he doesn't think about things long. So I hate, I hate. He's like a five-year-old in that, in that, uh, in that manner. That's um, not untrue with this character. So it's good. <laughs> right. I bet he didn't even need to taste the manure. I bet he just have to look at it and knew that he didn't like it. In the mouth was a little over the top. Zemeckis. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, it, it kind of goes back to this one just being just a little bit more for kids than the last. Yeah, one. <laughs> uh, which which we blame we we blame Roger Rabbit for uh, as much as we love Roger Rabbit. We think uh, he may have came come out the other side of Roger Rabbit uh, with a, a slightly more animated cartoony style to his directing. Well, it's funny that I remember seeing Roger Rabbit as a. I don't know. I guess I was a kid. I was a young teenager, I'll say. Uh, And I remember thinking, I was so adult. Yeah, the plot is (laughs) like very sophisticated and like it, it, it's very much steeped in like Los Angeles history than. Yeah. Yeah. Much more so. So I don't, it's funny because I don't tend to think maybe he just really liked cartoony shit after that. Mm hmm. You think, uh, well, you know, maybe he was. Should I not swear? I don't know your. No, no. If they say it in the movie, you can say it on the show. Okay. Maybe it's kind of, uh, you know what it was? It was like, God, I wanted to direct a cartoon movie and I ended up kind of making like a really complex, like LA noir story. Now I kind of want to get cartoony with the next one, you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't Roger Rabbit. Isn't that they're an old legend that it's like, uh, it was a rejected script for like Chinatown two. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. They adapted it. Um, which is kind of, Kind of cool. I I I, w- I do want to talk about I want to talk about the uh, the Star Wars shot. Uh, oh yeah, that, that that shows up. That's sort of like the you know the opening of Star Wars. Um, it's weird. I never really thought about what the undercarriage of the DeLorean looked like, but I didn't think it looked like that. It looks like a crazy UFO. The the hover <laughs> conversion thing is insane. <laughs> yeah, just like the blinking green lights. Yeah, I mean it looks like. For some reason, I see this, and the first thing my mind goes to is cosmic bowling. You guys know cosmic bowling? I do not. What's that? Cosmic bowling is this really weird thing that a lot of bowling alleys do. They'll do it on like a Tuesday or Thursday night, and sometimes a Saturday night, where they shut off all the lights and then, but everything, but then turn on black lights and everything glows. Oh. And then they have like some, some like weird lights like this, and it's supposed to just be like, look how like cool and trippy it is. I have seen that, just not under that name. Yeah. Did you guys have Uh, a, was a bowling alley, was the bowling alley a a tenant of, of, of growing up in your hometown? Was that, was that like a thing? Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that still a thing? I don't think so. My, 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 my cousin, my, uh, my cousin who's, uh, oh my my godson now, geez, uh, he's, he's like going into 10th grade and he, he works at a bowling alley that it's his first job. Oh, Wow. He just goes and sets up the pins. But do and people like, that go? Is, do like, do, is it just old people who remember what it was like to grow up with bowling alleys? Or are there new No, bowlers? no, teenager, teenagers still, you know, because like, you know, they have, teenagers still kind of have limited options if they want to physically go somewhere. Because it has to have uh, Wi-Fi? Yeah, it just has to have Wi-Fi. Uh, God, I remember just the most asinine, boring things I would do on a first date because... Like what else, you know, like I would like, we would go to like the park or we would go like to like the bowling alley, uh, or like just staring at a wall. Uh, 
I'm guessing yeah. those well, dates was... didn't go great. <laughs> no, we're actually we're getting we're engaged. Uh, <laughs> so just the one then? <laughs> yeah, just the one. Those were all my dates with I dated one woman. Uh, yeah, bowling eyes are cool. <laughs> so uh, can I? We we went a little past it, but can can we talk about the hoverboard for a second? I know the, I know that this has probably been covered, but no, no. The one place that this the effects in this and at this minute actually looks really good. I, I have mm-hmm. like the effect of the of the car flying away. And I don't know if this is a remastered version or whatever. But I was like, it actually looks pretty good. Actually, I don't know either. But they've the, never done a remastered version of these movies. The so. motion. I, I just assume everybody just goes and fixes them now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Take the lines out, kid. Um, the motion of the kicking has always looked terrible. And I don't know if this is because I was a skater growing up. Oh, you were? Cool, cool. Like, theoretically, why doesn't his foot hit the ground? That would propel him. He's just paddling against air, and I feel like he should know better. Yeah, that actually does, as little as I know about skating, that does actually really bug me that that he's not kicking against the the, the ground. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and he's not, he doesn't look like he's, he looks like he's being hung from wires. And I feel like there were ways around that. You could make the, the, the sand speeder, uh, in, in star Wars look like it was floating and moving like, you know, this, you could, you could do it somehow mm-hmm. kick, yeah. just touch the, touch the ground. He's, I, I assume he's on like uh wires that are probably on like a dolly track above him or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he just looks like he just, it's like watching somebody try to swim and they can't like they're keeping it- their hands open. You know, it might just be as dumb as it is. It might just be that his double, uh, like his stand-in, may have had slightly longer <laughs> legs than him. Oh, I mean, Michael. everyone does. Yeah, and and he just he can't he can't reach the ground without it looking super awkward. Well, it's a big movie and it's an important shot, so work it out. <laughs> yeah. It, it really is like the one effect that always it should have been the coolest thing and it's always it always looks so lame and it, it's uh it's the effect that does not work in this movie it's one thing they could improve on in uh in in, in the reboot cool mm. the inevitable reboot cool that's what a horrible bastardized word <laughs> i know so i know some places in chicago where you can get a really good bowl of reboot cool it's uh it's hungarian right yeah <laughs> uh, oh man so do you think that's actual manure that tom Folson spits out of his mouth i'm gonna go with no, no. what do you think it is dirt it's probably foam painted brown okay. it's probably foam painted brown actually yeah because of the the liability well i'm sure it's not him who got pelted with it yeah eat shit tom eat that yeah. shit that seems <laughs> to have a little weight to it um okay, but it's not going to be rocks. It's not yeah. actually going to be poop and dirt, yeah, uh, dirt clods. Be, don't. It could be like it could be like uh, like like a like a like a gum, like some kind of gum, like like that they've colored brown or something, like polyurethane or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always like, wonder in like in you know in kids movies whenever like a character gets like covered in slime or like falls into shit syrup. or mud or. Yeah, or like falls into it. Well, a cake is fine because I'd want to fall into a cake. But I, I always wonder what the gross thing actually is made of that the actor has to get like covered in. It depends. Yeah. I think it's yeah. changed throughout the years. I'm sure yeah. that what they used in 1990 is very different than what they use now. Yeah. And I'm sure that what they used in the 40s was you don't even want to talk about it. Sure. <laughs> this is just actual nicotine. It's just a bath of nicotine you're in here. 
But it looks good on cameras. What's it like smoking all those fake cigarettes in the movies? Yeah. What? What? Fake what? (laughs) Oh. I I love that little, uh, I love that weird, like, prolonged glance that Doc gives down at Marty at the very end of the minute. So as we get through this bit, I notice as he's coming out and they they cut to the rope going down, the edits Mm -hmm. are really, really tight. That was the one thing that stood out to me as I watched this. This whole, Mm -hmm. it was really quick not so quick that you were jarred but right on the beats and never lingered for more than a second which i think adds to the sort of realism of it um and so i sort of looked up who the editors were and i don't know if you've talked about them at all but it was like these old-timey workaday guys like the one guy mm-hmm. was born in 1937 and and they've been around forever and it was like you look through the resume and there was nothing really spectacular but i was like oh they're just craftsmen they're just good yeah. at it um yeah one of the things that we've talked about uh, as far as the editing of these movies is that zemeckis uh, at least, at least back then, uh, we're 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 moving our way through his uh, filmography on our our weekend edition. Um, but at least in these, you know, at this time period, he tends to the way he shoots is that he gets everything as much as he can in the frame, and he just lets the actors play out the scene and just follows them or does whatever he has to do with the camera to. Uh, get the scene finished, but he doesn't shoot a lot of coverage. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to scenes like this, where it's an action thing, then he uses the editing and the coverage um, to really amp up everything. Uh, and it's it makes the movies have a really specific feeling to them uh, that you know movies just don't really have anymore because now. You know, if you're not making an edit every like five seconds, you're doing something wrong. No, I'll never I'll never forget going to see uh, on free. We said this free movie night thing in college and uh, I went to go see Taken three uh, and uh, just uh, there was a shot where Liam Neeson is running away from the police and he uh, jumps over like a metal gate, just like a normal metal gate that's separating like two yards in an L.A. neighborhood and I think there were, I'm not exaggerating, I think there were like 13 cuts of, of Liam Neeson jumping over a gate. That's a lot and of cuts. It was, it was in yeah. his, it was, it was just. Well, I mean, he's, he's pushing 70s, you know, he's, he needs all the help he can get, it, I guess. It might be why this stood out to me, because it was just so perfect. Mm-hmm. It was, it was not slow, but everything just seemed right. And I was like, it just felt very classic in a way that. It felt very, it felt very assured. Yeah, that was familiar, but like, wow, I don't feel like I see it like this very often. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually, it was like, oh, it's just solid filmmaking, which I thought was, yeah. uh, you know, and, and sort of timeless in that way. Definitely. You forget that editing in, a, in film could also, could just be used to augment the story instead of like save it from complete and utter disaster. Because <laughs> they actually knew <laughs> what they were doing from the start. <laughs> yeah, they, they were making, they were editing the same movie they were shooting. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed uh, to getting a... I don't know. They they were pro- they were probably subject to some sort of like uh, test audience on this. Oh sure, sure. Mm-hmm. I like. Uh, we can't yeah, kill they- Doc. It turns out the audience hates it. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> the Libyan the Libyans are just waiting for them. They turn that they turn that knob all the way to the left when that happened. <laughs> that's how the that's how the movie originally have ended. Have you ever been in a test audience? Because I never have. No, I I have. I was in the test audience for the Wonder Woman pilot. Wow, oh. I saw that. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, I was in the test audience for that. I'm one of the people who got that thing shut down. <laughs> I've, 
I very much remember walking out of the movies like in Los Angeles regularly or in, and there would be like the folks with the um, clipboards there trying to get you to mm-hmm. come see a new Will Phil Ferrell movie. And I was, no, no, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to the TV crew, the TV news crew. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> or are they trying to use you for like those, those previews where it's like the families outside of the movie going like, it's great. Scary. It was scary. I screamed. No, not that one. It's just in LA. Yeah. There would be like the, the news. Anytime something would happen, they would send a van to somewhere to get like man on the street. And, the, and that person invariably came out looking really stupid because they would use like like a fraction of a sentence that they had said. So I actually I remember being at Griffith Observatory where the tunnel is uh-huh. and, uh, you know, like the news crew coming up. You want to tell me about and I was like, no, and just walking by. And I would do that a lot because they were everywhere. And I look like like, like totally safe white man. So they're like, yeah, him. You represent the everyman, don't you? It kind of it's like those old bits that Jay Leno used to do, where he'd be like, "I am people stupid." Yes, exactly. But it was like the being stupid journalism version of it, not journalism <laughs> <Sure>. though. <laughs> um, so for a movie that, uh, especially this one, tends to not shy away from exposition, it is surprising to me that Doc isn't. That Doc and Marty are exchanging looks instead of Doc being like, I'm going to drop the rope now. And Marty's saying, okay. They just sort of look at each, they exchange glances and Marty just nods like, yeah, I, I know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. That's how uh, their relationship is just so, it's it's nonverbal at this point. They can just, they can just communicate with a look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Josh, uh, tell us, uh, you know, what, 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 I remember because we tried to get you on in the last movie because at one point, I don't know if it was on Twitter or on one of the podcasts, but at one point you talked about the editing of the uh, the uh, the clock tower sequence yeah. in the first film. And uh, so so I'm I'm I want to know like what your background with the movie is like, you know, and and if you want to talk about that sequence, by all means. Sure. Uh, well, I'm OG. I remember seeing all of them in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would have been eight when the first one came out. Um, and then it was just a thing that was always around in one way or another. And my thought about the first Back to the Future is that also this is my wife's favorite movie uh, of all, like all of them. Not so much three, but like as a thing, it's my wife's favorite thing. She, she, she's like, I got a picture of her with Tom Wilson that is like a cherished heirloom and not like went to a con and paid to get a picture with him. Like she was working in TV at the time and he was a guest on the show she was on. And so like, it was a, a real moment, you know? Oh, oh nice. that's awesome. Yeah. He and seems, and he, he was, he seems like he's a real mensch. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what we got from it. So she's really, although the other side of that is that she is in the picture with another person who was assistant on the show and that other girl is now dead. And so there's a bit of a pall over that photo. Mm, yeah yeah because you know you're like oh wow it's me and tom wilson and she's dead so (laughs) i forgot about that part until just now Um, anyway um (laughs) i didn't know the person uh so (laughs) so what a horrible person i sound like anyway um (laughs) you can't be sad about everyone who dies well well as you know you do you do represent america josh i know exactly as all the journalists told you (laughs) It was a long time ago. Um, so I, it was just one of those movies that I knew, you know, like it was on TV a lot and I, I watched it. And what I always found was that when I came back, um, if you watch the the last the last segment, the damn damn segment um, mm-hmm. is that it's always exciting. 
And no matter how many times you've seen it, no matter if you know, you know, but if you happen to just be like flipping channels and it's on TBS in the edited version, when he's trying to get those plugs together, like it, you'll, you'll clench, you'll, you'll, you'll do a little clenching and, and it's pretty masterful for that. I, I can't think of a lot of movies that I've seen so many times that will return you to that feeling. You know, like there's other movies that I love that I've watched lots of times, but you, you tend to get uh, kind of clinical about them and, and like say with Goodfellas, which is still super enjoyable, but like if you've seen it so many times that you're, you're watching for different things, basically, you're not feeling the way that you felt the first time you saw it because mm-hmm. you've, you've worn that down. Um, but that, that last sequence in back to the future one, uh, you know, every, you're like, ah, is they're going to, are they going to, oh, he, oh, he did, you know, like it, it, <laughs> it works really well. And I think it's just a testament to the sort of, universal quality of that that filmmaking yeah i mean there's a reason it, it it's a miracle that that scott and i aren't like completely over this universe yet you know like we we're still i don't know and, and it's not even there's a special kind of movie and it's not even always like the best movies but just the ones that you just have to watch or just can get emotionally invested in every single time and that's kind I, of the key to this being able to do this kind of show Mm-hmm. And so like every time there was like, what other movie will we do is really hard to find something that you feel like that about it, that you have that much to talk about that, you know, that has resonance with anybody else. And this is one of those movies. Definitely. Yeah, so good, like I, good I pick. I don't, I don't know if you could do like, like the Godfather minute. Or yes, like, you could. It would just take you a million years and that's why you wouldn't it do would it. Take you, yeah. It'd take you 10,000 years. Uh, Sorry. That would, would also be. I got, I got like, yeah, it could. It just, it, would, it also wouldn't be as, as fun, I think. Well, yeah, like, I, it's my, our rule was sort of, and this was not just here, but like when we were writing about media a lot, is it's really hard to talk about comedy mm-hmm. in a way, in this kind of format, because right. it's not funny to talk about jokes. Right. Like when he said that, that was funny, right? And so luckily with this movie, you've got a whole bunch of other stuff right. all the time. There's, you know, the stories that came up around it, what happened afterwards, the time travel, I mean, the time travel itself would be enough. You know, for everything. Uh, so this is one of those movies that that sort of does that. Mm-hmm. But like really a, well. a young Frankenstein minute would just be, just yeah, not yeah. I mean, I, well, what would it? Uh, I specifically remember at one point we were doing a website called Muddle. It was more of an all media sort of site. Um, we were doing recaps yeah, on certain Muddle things. Or Murmur, Murmur. Sorry, Muddle was the magazine that preceded it that Ron did. Sorry. Oh, okay. I do that in my head a lot. Uh, <laughs> and I was and I was like, we were doing recaps and which I hate. I hate recaps. They don't make any sense. Um. I don't know why you would want to write that or read that, but I've done it and I know people who have, it doesn't matter, but I tried to do one in the office and I was like, this doesn't work mm-hmm. because it's, it's comedy. And it, it was like, and then Jim says this and Nick, you can't make a wry joke about a joke. It doesn't go right. But this movie works yeah. really well for that. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. My, like, my it, question, my question to you, Josh is uh, when is rain of fire minute? Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, you'd want people to listen. There's your first problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, so it took me a second, and my brain—the first image my brain showed me was uh, was rain over me. Oh, not like, as good be, of a yeah. Miserable. Not <laughs> no, that's not a bad movie, but it wouldn't be a good minute movie. Oh yeah, be like, well, here we see Adam Sandler, you know, crying over his. That's actually an, a really underrated Adam Sandler. It, performance it actually it. is. Yeah, I yeah. remember seeing it, being very surprised. But you know, to have to like in a minute format to have to revisit nine eleven that often might be difficult. <laughs> Yeah, mm. uh, rain, rain of fire, of fire however, not yeah. rain of fire. You could probably get away with. <laughs> I'm not going to. So 
yeah. having yeah. having been through this once before um well that special moment hasn't come along yet how's that yeah starring the university of texas's most beloved alumni matthew mcconaughey mm. van zant sure mm-hmm. um all right well uh Ooh, why don't you right. i mean ron ron told everybody about goodfellas minute you okay. can also uh but why don't you uh tell everybody about i fanboy he, did he not mention that I mean, he did, but more in passing, because um, he was, you know, he's here to promote Goodfellas. And, sure. So that's fine. I can do that. iFanboy.com is our website. Where uh, it's about comic books. Um, and uh, we used to do, be a big website, but now we just do a weekly podcast where we talk about the books that came out every week. That comes out on Sunday. Uh, so we talk about the week, the books from the week. We'll talk about some other stuff. Uh, we have a good time. We uh, we banter. There's there's banter. So we're mm-hmm. recording this on a Wednesday. What did you pick up today at the comic book store? Uh, I have not been to a comic book store in many years. Okay. Um, so that, I don't know why I needed to tell you. I could have just faked it, but I didn't. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like I'm reading is a comic book store ish. Huh? Comicsology is sort of a store. Sort of, sort of oh, okay. other okay, comics so. are just sent to me. So oh. the, I, at this point, like I, I feel bad cause I'm friends with the guy who guys who own my local comics store and I haven't been in, in years, like, mm. years. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm stuck in this, like, have to read all of the DC books right now, and it's oh, time okay. to make some big cuts. But mm-hmm. I kind of haven't done that because I'm trying to see if there's anything I'm excited about this week. And Scott here was really interested in, uh, he said he really got a lot of Superwoman. Superwoman? I didn't read that. I was told to read it last week, but I didn't. I did mm-hmm. read Supergirl this week, and I'm not probably going to be all that kind to it. Yeah, I don't like I to say bad either. things about comics, but... <laughs> Because people work hard on them. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I, what I'll say is that I haven't read a ton so far, but I'm glad I don't have the pick of the week this week. Mm. It's that kind that's of week. That's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, iFanboy is uh, the podcast that I have listened to the longest ever. Um, I, st- I started listening to you guys in 2007. Pretty good. That's pretty early. I think yeah. we started in late 2005. So, yeah. I remember at that I, point I, we just, wonder like how is how, how is anyone finding this <laughs> like right away there was like it was like a hundred people listening and there's like and 300 you're still, and, yeah. you're still here totally rad show gone dignation gone but i fanboy <laughs> yeah. yeah we don't know how to stop that's that's very <laughs> clear you guys have evolved a lot um have we yeah definitely. i would like to hear about that because i don't well, well, I just mean, you know, because when you started out, it was, it was, uh, I, I don't know. It just it's had a different, gosh. it was, and, and now it's not as shitty. So no, well, no, no, it was, it was loose and then it got really, really tight. And now it's gotten to a point where you guys are just like, I mean, it's just a thing that we do now. And so it doesn't, it is tight, but it doesn't feel tight anymore. Oh, so many you know jokes. What? So many I think jokes that's actually, uh, that's a, that's a very good observation. I'd say that's just, that's probably true. Yeah. And it's the, I, I mean, I, I would give it the, uh, I give it the 10,000 hours thing. Sure. Like where yeah. we sort of settled into a thing and then we did specifically, there was a specific point where we said, let's be more loose. It's more fun. Right. Um, and that helped a lot. That was good. That keeps yeah. us, it's fun. It's still, it's, it's still fun to do. Like it's one of the best hours of my week getting to talk to my two friends. Um, and, and, you know, having done it so long, being confident about it. So cool. I don't, right. know, I don't know if that's what the content that you wanted for this show. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> sure it is. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Well, uh, you guys go to go to ifanboy.com and check out uh, the Pick of the Week podcast and Goodfellas Minute. Yeah. We can listen to all 145 episodes of Goodfellas Minute, uh, which is a lot of yeah. You've done more episodes. than that at this point. Yes. Yeah. But, but we're not finished. So, yeah. yeah. Also yeah. two movies, you know, like it's kind yeah. of cheating. <laughs> it, it's not. Uh, don't don't cut yourself short there, buddy. Yeah. But yeah. Actually, we I don't think we have gotten to 140. Wait, yeah, 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 we have. I, that was bad math. Um, yes. Unless that we, first movie was a lot shorter than I remember. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was bad math. Okay. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, Goodfellas Minute was really, really great. So Hey, I thought, thank you, um, <laughs> I thought of uh, a specific and appropriate anecdote. Okay. Talking about first dates. Mm. Remember I told you that my wife is really into the Back, into the back to the Future? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on our first date, we were in a parking garage and a van again, or like a Volkswagen van went by, or a Volkswagen bus. And I go, the Libyans! I didn't know her all that well at that point, but she, uh, that was like the moment for her. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's right? awesome. <laughs> she was like, you, know, you did that kind of thing too. Uh, You're not like they... a normal person. You're one of those people. <laughs> because we were less common then. But um, I'm fidelity, man. This stuff matters. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's an actual moment that that happened that is referred to in real life, and it uh, revolved around that. I believe it's maybe maybe we walked out at the wedding to the theme, like like at the reception. Mm. We played the theme for something. I don't think it was when we walked out. I think we did the final countdown because we were really into Arrested Development at the time. <laughs> but I know that like the the back to the Islands of Estre theme was in the mix somehow there. Yeah. So there's that too. Well, at least the the Libyans did something good. Yeah. Thank goodness for those Libyans. <laughs> is that racist? I don't think so. It comes You're up a lot in, in the on all the shows. So is this thing in the movie racist? Yeah. The Libyans haven't really done a lot to fix their reputation in that time. So I think we're safe. Yeah, sure. well, and they specifically call, I, I mean, they're the Libyan terrorists. Yeah, so they're it's Libyan not nationalists. Just, not they're all Libyans. Nationalists. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag not all, <laughs> Hashtag not all Libyans. <laughs> this is what finally, we're going to be on slate on, on Monday morning. We're finally going to break big because of like, listen to these guys talk about Libya. <laughs> That'll be what oh, brings no. me down finally. Oh, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. Thank and, you for uh, having me. Yeah, no, yeah. I appreciate it. We definitely would love to have you back. Uh, if you, I know that you, uh, you love the westerns. Uh, you and you and I'm, Connor both love I'm, the westerns. I do. I'm the least familiar with that third movie, though. I've probably seen it two or three times, maybe. Yeah. So that's yeah. not bad. That's not really a bad thing for the show. It's just a. I don't know that sure. one as well. Sure. Because my wife doesn't like that one, so we never get to it. Yeah, no, that's fair. We we have found for the most part. How do you rank the movies? One, two, three. Okay. We, we have found that a lot of people, uh, I, I know myself included, that's how I used to rank them. Mm-hmm. And then as time has gone on, I've appreciated the Western genre more. Mm-hmm. And now they've sort of flip-flopped. So really? One, three, two for me. I can see that. Yeah. I can totally see that. I think that, I mean, the first one's the classic. It's like Star Wars. Like, yeah. no matter how much you like Empire Strikes Back, you know, it was all laid out in the first. Because I used to be the other way with Star Wars. It would be like, oh, Empire's the best. But now... I've come around, I'm like, no, Star Wars is the best. That's ridiculous. Two is the one, you know, that had a lot of cool stuff in it. It, like, fulfilled mm-hmm. a lot of those promises. But at the end of the day, it's still an antecedent. Like, it, it comes after. Right. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to watch the third one again and, and check with me next time. Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, guys. Yeah. In the uh, we'll be back next week. Next week being our final full week of the movie uh, before we get to we start getting into credits and things. Um, But uh, yeah, so we'll be back on Monday. But in the meantime, you can go to our website at duelinggenre.com. Uh, you can leave comments there and that sort of thing. You can also email the show. We are looking for emails right now heavily because, uh, like I said, credits. We need credits. to we need to entertain you guys somehow. So you want to shoot us some emails, give us some stuff to talk about. We've gotten a few, um, but, you know, it's still early days. So uh, so send in those emails. And I know you guys like doing that at the last minute. Uh, so let's contact at back to the future minute dot com. Uh, we're on Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook. Uh, you can leave us iTunes reviews. That's really helpful. Check out our other podcasts that are also at DuelingGenre.com, The Doctor's Companion or Doctor Who podcast, and Geek by Night, which Josh co-starred on on the uh, original version of that something like eight years ago at this point. Um, I don't know if you remember doing that. I have no recollection of that. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it's like, it was like an audio drama and you played a customer. I did? Yeah. Did I do it live or did I send you a clip? You sent me a clip. Okay. That's vaguely. Yeah. F- okay. Cause I was like, I don't remember doing a thing. How'd I do? Yeah. Good. All right. Yeah. I think, I think you Tell got a that. laugh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Somewhere. <laughs> That's all I live for. Yeah. Um, so, so go check those out. And uh, of course, uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do that at duelinggenre.com slash support. And uh, you will gain exclusive access to, our weekend edition, uh, Back to the Future Minute, No Roads edition. Uh, and uh, like we mentioned earlier, we're moving our way through Zemeckis's filmography uh, and reading the Back to the Future uh, comic and all kinds of stuff on that show. So uh, go tune in there. And we will continue doing that through the hiatus, which we promise there will be a hiatus this time. Um, and that promise is not to you, but to myself. Uh, and and uh, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer Leaper182 and we will be back on Monday bye, bye guys thank you bye.